Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Gang of Four. My name is Jeff, and Dan and I both bite into string cheese. Peeling is for children. Grow up, baby. My name is Jimmy, and I got college credit for playing badminton. My name is Dan, and by the time you hear this episode, I will have celebrated my 33rd birthday, unless I was killed by the coronavirus. Oh, no. COVID-19. It's coming, baby. It's a silent killer. By the time you hear this, we're already infected. Probably. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. There's already one. It's not that crazy. It's basically just a strong flu, guys. No, I mean, the hype is crazy. Yeah. The hype is real. Racism, yo. It is. freaking cool. My job is crazy. You can't keep things on the shelves. Yeah. It is wild out there. It's a crazy world. Yeah. My job has taken a whole bunch of precautions. Like a lot of, because we have a lot of different branches. So like all the travel outside of the US is like, nah, son. (laughs) So Jimmy- Yes. I don't remember what your fun fact was because I was really worried about reading mine properly. <laughs> mine was, I got college credit for playing badminton. Oh, yeah. That's like the best sport. It is fun. It's the only sport that I like to play. It's the only one that I knew that I wouldn't be working up that much of a sweat while doing. You can, though. Yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah. You can get and I did. I got re- I get sweaty. Yeah. Was that like your required physical education credit? Yeah, in college. Our cousin Jen got yeah. hers from walking. She yeah, had to that's just keep another class. A logbook when she walked from class to yeah. class. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah there was um, college there was is a... cool. That cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a power walking class that I could have taken as well. <laughs> Get um, those elbows up. Yeah, but no, me and my buddy Colby. Uh, Colby played... Jack. No, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we played badminton, and uh, every time that we were playing it, we were like, "That was the hypest badminton game of 2018 or whatever, 2017." And we just like went down years and like, "Oh, that was the hypest badminton game in 1997." I don't know. It's just an inside joke. You know what's a fun inside joke? What? People in Canada or some parts of Canada call badminton badminton. They really? put the emphasis on the ton. On the ton? Is that a Trailer French Park thing? Boys. I don't know. They refer to it as badminton for like the entire series. I don't hmm. remember that. I don't remember them ever even mentioning the sport. Yeah. They played it in prison. <laughs> of course they did. Cool they, story, bro. You get rackets in prison? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, Are they their, racketeers? They're prison where they're like having a great time oh, yeah, yeah that's true jeff yeah we get any reviews emails contacts of we any got sort? an email a third email from great friend of the show james and <laughs> this is crazy because the star wars clone wars the lost missions episode dropped on a tuesday and we got this email in reference to it by like noon yeah it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> so he's a big fan. Very cool. Dan, Jeff, and Jimmy. That's us. I'm the Jeff one. What? I was waiting for this episode to come out. I listened Tuesday morning, and as I am a senior and have a lax schedule on Tuesdays, I quickly went out to try some pizza after my classes were over for the day. Mm-hmm. I tried modern and enjoyed it a lot. I dipped the bones in some white birch fox in park, and while I don't think it's for me, I can recognize the appeal. 
Also, listing Delania and the honeypot as two different places was an error on my part. The James Babinski New Haven style pizza ranking version two. Frank Pepe's, Sally's, Zupardi's, Modern, Bar, Delania. Sorry, Jimmy. Oh. Glad to be officially recognized as a friend of the podcast. Love what you guys do. Keep up the awesome work. James. I love that email. I I love how he keeps us talking about pizza. (laughs) Because I want to talk about pizza all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too deep into a tangent, but me and Jeff had a pretty big pizza date recently. It was pizza romantic. You guys keep not inviting me to these things. You You were at work. You were invited. You were invited. Jim. Mm. We went to go see a film, a documentary film called Pizza, A Love Story. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You could keep inviting me. Uh, which is about the big three New Haven yeah, pizza places. The history of uh, Pepe's and Modern and Sally's. Yeah. And then afterwards, I revealed a shocking secret. I didn't know this. This was the biggest revelation a friend has ever told me. I had never, up until that point, had Sally's. Oh, my Really? Heart. My heart. So Jeff was like, we're remedying this. And yeah. after the film, we went to Sally's. Yep. Walked right on over. And um, then I told Dan something. I dropped a bomb. I never had a fresh tomato pie. I like cheese. I'm a cheese guy. Yeah. So we had the fresh tomato pie, and then we really made each other's nights. I was about to suggest a pizza, and then we got cut off by the waiter, and then Dan suggested we get an anchovy pie. The very same pizza Jeff was considering. And I wasn't sure how he'd respond, because I've never shared an anchovy pizza with anybody other than my grandmother. Most people don't like it. Nope. And it was delicious. So we got a tomato pie and an anchovy pie. Jimmy, would you have enjoyed the anchovy pie? It's a no for me, Doug. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just little salty bits it's like of bacon heaven. bits, but fish. Yeah. yeah. I'm is. not a fish guy. It's- Imagine bacon, but fishy. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I don't like about but fish. But there's like no texture to it. It just no, melts. It's, it's, you don't bite into it. And my wife loves salt. She eats salt packets for dinner. She's like oh. a horse. My wife is a horse. I married a horse, Jerry. What can I do? And I was like, she had a like a slice next to an anchovy. We got it half one time. And she's like, it's salty. And I was like, you just had anchovies, bitch. Yeah, we have to stop talking about this because what do I put this under in the show notes? Pizza conversation? Yeah, pizza. But but I'm glad that he he tried he tried the big ones. He's got the big boys and he's got Zoops in there. And they're, Congratulations. They're and Dan, since last we recorded, you had a clam pie from Zupardi's at a, a different location that wasn't too great. No, I'm part of that was I, I may not have made the best choice. Because I, I got an augmented clam pie that had some spinach on it, and it left a little bit more liquid on the pizza than I would have enjoyed. Yeah, and it, and it was at a bar. Yeah. So, yeah. I do have another quick little side tangent. Um, I can't take it. As I was in New Haven not that long ago going to see Mark Marin, um, he was being escorted around by one of the dudes who was working on the film that you guys watched. This was the day and, after we went. Yeah. yeah. It was at Sally's. And um, my... Uh, my aunt is actually friends with him. And as we're walking around, we see him along with Mark Marin and Dean Del Rey, who is also uh, his opener for this particular tour. And um, so my aunt and I went to uh, Louis. As we're sitting in Louis, I Louis see Mark. Lunch. Yeah, Louis lunch. I see Mark Marin looking inside and then walking away. It's pretty <laughs> funny. It's so funny good. because these establishments are frequented by celebrities often. Yeah. And I always miss them by like a day or an hour. Like I went to Pepe's one day. I went home and then Patrick Stewart was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then like Ron Howard was there the day after I went there one time. I had a uh, when. 
One of my first times going to Pepe's, Ludacris was there. Luda. Luda. Ludacris Bridges. Yes, him. Great. Well, James. The famous actor. Thanks for this uh, sparking of this pizza conversation. Uh, Keep it going, man. Hit up other places. (laughs) We got to talk more about pizza. Maybe tell us about some. There's still a couple places on my list just on the periphs of New Haven I haven't tried yet. That I want to hit. So hit some up. Let us know. Give us some recommendations, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's some good pizza in Hamden. Hmm. Probably not. (laughs) Hamden. Every week on the show, we have a segment that we like to do. And it's this one. This is the segment. Yep. This is our our favorite segment of the show. This is one of my favorite segments of the show, where we're talking about what we talked ourselves into for the week. Could be any little fun thing, not a huge thing, life altering (laughs) moment. It is just. I make the words good. I have to sit and think (laughs) about what I'm going to say. Dan, you want to write a script for him? Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. We should do that. So this week, I was talking myself into rewatching an old series that I used to watch. And this is just bubblegum TV, guys. Hell's but I'm rewatching Hell's Kitchen. Uh, oh, oh, not a big uh, fan. I mean, not a huge fan. It's reality TV. It is reality TV. It's like but one it, of those shows where they show the same clip 35 times before they actually get to it. Um, uh, you can skip recaps on Amazon Prime. Oh, um, so also on Amazon Prime, which is fun about it, is that it's uncensored, so I don't have to hear all the beeps or the bloops. I'm not a super huge fan of Gordon Ramsay, but I would pick like three of his other shows over this one. Mm. Is this the one where he goes into the crappy kitchens? Or no, the- this is the one where he's like building up a, a oh. chef. Yeah, I've never actually seen this show. No, neither have I. I'm interested. Oh, interesting. Everybody shitting on Jimmy. I wasn't. I didn't say a word, Jimmy. <laughs> well, what's the one where he goes to rest? Kitchen nightmares. Oh, okay. I think that I would be more inclined to like this one because I'm interested in like good cooks making good food. Yeah. I do have to admit that he annoys me because I think mm. his over the top anger he is He plays it off. Yeah, he plays it up for yeah. the show, especially the early seasons. Um at least that's what it seems like to me, but You're a donkey. Yeah. I, I think it's just it's Shrek? just fun um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um I think it's just fun bubblegum TV at this point. Like I just have it on in the background and um I don't know. I just like it. It's fun to go back to the year 2005 and like seeing all the styles and stuff and like how yeah. people talked. And sometimes you need some uh, good, fun, dumb TV. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling right now. I'd like to go next. Okay, Uh-oh. go next then. <laughs> I'm also oh, watching this, Hell's this, Kitchen. This grin on his face. I've been talking myself into getting back into RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, oh boy. Come on. This show is just this this entire if you listen to just like the first half of the episodes from last year to now, it is damn like I love reality TV, but I'm not watching it anymore. But I'm watching it again, but now I'm not, but now I am, but now I'm not. I'm still watching less reality TV and I'm watching more more better programs. Is that more more, better? More better drag race programs. More, Why you want no, to listen to me, Jeff. I don't want to. When I go to bed at night and I want something just fun, just dumb and fun to fall asleep to. That's when I want reality TV. And it's funny. It's good. It's so bitchy. <laughs> it's great. Did you see see him on SNL? Is that why you want to? No. The, coincidentally, oh. uh, 
my girlfriend talked me into RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't think is, that's true because you've watched that before. I had seen the first season, but never anything since. Oh, okay. And then she was like, I'm like, what are you binging lately? And she's like, oh, I'm so obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like, oh, I used to f*** with that real hard. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't it, like when we use the F word a lot. I didn't even think about it that time. I'm just a little too comfortable because, like Jimmy said, it's uncensored, and man, does it get catty and fun. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. That's fun, actually. And it's so good. It's so over the top, the 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 dancing, the slogans. I love that it makes fun of itself. It knows how ridiculous it is. Ridiculous it is. RuPaul is just like, she has these little catchphrases, like, uh, after, like, the judges, like, talk about who won and who lost and stuff. They have to bring back the contestants. So every episode, she's like, bring back my girls. And over the course of the seasons, it gets so over the top that she's like, bring back my girls. It's great. Okay. Is it? It's so fun. <laughs> and they're talented. They make their own costumes. They do their own makeup. It's fun. It's funny. That's great. I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? I'm watching another reality show. No, you're <laughs> no not. I'm not. I'm, I'm uh, adventurous. And I don't watch TV. I hate it. It stinks. It's the worst. That's not true. It's not true at all. We've talked about going to New York City before on the show. It's local. It's convenient. You take the train there. Yeah. It's easy to do. I've been talking myself into driving Driving. to New York City. It's crazy, Jeff. It's crazy talk. So I I never drive because I'm like parking. Who needs it? Yeah. You got to find it. You got to do it. You got to pay like 60 bucks to park in Manhattan. And I don't want to be a part of that. I just go to the train station. Maybe you, I walk there, park the car, pay 12 bucks for the day. Take the train. 30 bucks round trip. You know, less than $50 gets you to the city and back. Yeah. But I've been going the last few weekends and I'm like, I don't want to spend all this money. Drive up there, park on uh the Upper West Side, let's get some street parking right near a subway stop. You go anywhere you want in the city. No. Just pay seven bucks toll. You drive there. Takes an hour to get there and an hour back. If you take the trains two hours each way, baby, you're wasting time. I like sure. what you're saying, well, but I have two questions. What's the questions? First question. Yes. How difficult, realistically, is it to find a decent street parking? Not difficult, but you got to know where to go. That's the thing. First time I went... Drove around like a jabroni for 20 minutes. My <laughs> brother was like, there's easy parking here. And I'm like, okay. And he's got a big old truck. So I'm like, it's going to be easy for my little sedan. Very difficult until I found a side street. Overlooking the Hudson. You can see New Jersey and the George W. Bridge. <laughs> Beautiful New Jersey. George W. Bush Bridge. Yeah, the George W. Bush Bridge. Lovely scenic view. New York City people are like, hustle, bustle, rats and pigeons. But no, there's a beautiful river. There's historical architecture. Architecture. <laughs> you drive down the Henry That's Hudson what architecture parkway. feels like. Yeah, that's architecture. When you touch a building, that's architecture. <laughs> You're driving down the parkway. There's a river to your right. It's natural and beautiful. Okay, this is great, but you only touched on my question. Yeah, so what I'm saying is... So the, you park the, somewhere. How far of a walk is it to the subway station? A block. Oh, that's block not and a half. bad. No, super easy. Second question. Yeah. How crazy is it driving in manhattan traffic not crazy because you're barely in manhattan you're on the you're on the parkway you go through the bronx people think the bronx right it's the bronx it's burning it's on fire it's ashes there's hip-hop there i've been to the bronx zoo yeah but like when you go on the parkway it's you you don't even know you're in new york
York City. You're like, yeah. is this upstate? Where am I? Where's Hillary? She lives here. Is she hiking? I don't know what's going on. It's a lovely drive. You go early in the morning, no traffic. If the sun is out, it's beautiful. You just do a little boop, boop. You're driving. <laughs> then then I found, I I found a couple of streets. You know, I had to drive down two streets last time. I, I parked near a fire hydrant. There was just enough space to get in there. Left 15 feet. Oh, it was beautiful. And uh, then the next time I went, parked two streets away because there was no parking there. Just went up and down. These little side streets, it's lovely. Then you, you go down, you get on the subway. My wife and I went to Harlem. We went hit up this Indian place that was delicious. Got back on the subway, went to our car. And I was like, do you want to go home or you just want to like do something? She's like, I want to go to Magnolia Bakery. And I was like, that's overrated, but it's your day, baby girl. <laughs> so we just, we got back on the, on the Hudson Parkway, went down like 30 blocks, got off. Oh, she was scared because I was driving like I was a taxi. I was like, got to get this light. Oh, this guy's a bojo. Boom, boom. I That's love driving. the part that I wouldn't do. I love that. That was fun. I would have taken the train from the Upper West Side to It's Magnolia not really Bay. flat. It's an island. So it like goes up and then goes down like in the middle. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm like, boom. And she's like, my car. And I was like, I co-sign, bitch. We got the same last name. It's my credit, too. <laughs> Woo! Then she got, she paid $20 for some mediocre icebox cake and cheesecake. And then we just drove into the sunset and went home. Cool. It was, it's, it's fun. I don't know if it I'm ready to do it myself. Adventure because you save money, you save time. And it's just, it's so much easier. Well, all this time I could have just drove, parked uptown and taken a subway. The subway is cheap as hell. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to do it myself, but I'm ready to try it out with someone experienced like you. Next time we have somewhere to go in New York, I'll drive, baby. I like it. Okay, I like it too. You, some some spots you got to pay for street parking, but if you're in some of the residential areas, there's no street parking. There, there, nobody's going to go around looking at these cars. There's so many of them. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, baby. Let's do it. Gang of Four is a band that formed in England in the late 70s. They're like a post-punk, dancey, funky kind of band. It's hard to put one label on them. They're strongly influenced by the art movement of that time period. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, Originally, there were four members, the singer John King, the guitarist Andy Gill, uh, the bass player Dave Allen, and drummer Hugo Burnham. Um, I oh, want. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, there's gang four of them. Of it's four. a gang of four. Yeah. So we, <laughs> this this uh, topic has been on the list since we started talking me into it. It's it's one of my favorite bands. Um, some of my favorite music uh, comes from my favorite band, and it's just kind of like okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. And it's unfortunate why we kind of like wanted to do this now because. Uh, the founder and sole remaining member of the band, Andy Gill, recently passed. Mm. So it's it's been um, it, I heard that and I listen to him all the time, but I really started listening to him again. Um, most of their music was removed from Spotify last year for some reason. It kind of sucked. Mm. But since his passing, it's it's back up. I don't know why, um, but I've just been listening to him a lot. So Dan and I decided to talk about it now. OK. So I actually was introduced um, to Gang of Four by Dan. So Dan, how did you originally get into them? I was introduced to Gang of Four by my uncle. Bruce, bro, Keith. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, He had like a greatest hit CD that was called like a history of modern man or something, a complete history of modern man. And uh, 
yeah it was really cool um you hear a lot of them in later bands like red hot chili peppers and stuff they're like mm. integral in stretching the boundaries of punk rock and combining that with like as jeff mentioned dance and funk and pop and stuff like that i do want to also throw in um for those of you who are history nerds their game their name is not just a fun little thing because there's four members of the band no it's, it's the a gang of four was uh sort of like a power group within Mao's communist China. After Chairman Mao's death, this group tried to like seize control and it was comprised of like primarily his wife. And there was like a power struggle in this vacuum. And yeah, it's a really fun time period. But anyways, that's where they got the name from. Yeah, Gang of Four, it's it's they're very political. Mm. Um so they, they come, they have that punk political attitude. And a lot of the music you can tell is like inspired by early punk. But it's also like you can dance your butt off to it, Jim. You can <laughs> yeah. shake your little tootie all day, oh. listen to some Gang of Four, because it is funky. It's I very like melodic and catchy, and uh, yeah, it's got some fun beats. And I remember when Dan introduced me to them, I forgot exactly why. I think that at this point, I don't think they got back together yet, but he was like, hey, you're going to hate this band, because I was a little punk rock boy, and I was like, everything that's not three chord stinks. <laughs> and he's like you're really gonna hate this and i was like i love this because it is like you can hear a lot of inspiration of bands like red hot chili peppers who are big in my youth and i mean they're still big but like um yeah they they inspired a lot of music that i then listened to okay yeah and it's um i mean i have a soft spot in my heart for sort of like punk rock ethos but pushing the boundaries of what punk rock music right. can be like yeah. my favorite like band is the clash yeah so to me, this like fits in well with that. This is sort of like um, the Sex Pistols if they like wanted to have a really good time. That's <laughs> like sort of the vibe. Yeah. So a, a brief history before we get into like the second half and having you listen to the playlist that we curated mm -hmm. is that the original four were around for like 10 years or so. And then there were a slew of lineup changes. And the music is questionable in its quality mm. for there's only a few albums for about 20 years. But in 2004, the original four members got back together um, and then released a re-recording of a lot of popular songs um, of the original lineup. Currently, much better recording, great yeah. quality on an album called Return the Gift. There are a lot of remixes on it, too. And to celebrate that, they went on a tour. Now, I just heard about this band maybe like a year or so. Dan only knew him for a little bit, but like his uncle was a big fan of them and they played in Boston. We went to go see them and um, it was great. It was one of, one of the greatest live shows, most entertaining live shows, maybe not like the best I've ever seen. Well, it also like hit us in an interesting time in our lives where yes. we were pretty much only listening to like punk and hardcore music. And to us, like when you went to a concert and there was like open floor for standing room, <laughs> that was for like moshing. Yeah. Or circle pits. Yeah. But we got to this show and that open floor was predominantly for middle-aged men. 15 years older than our age now. Yeah. Dancing. <laughs> and they were like, wow, I haven't seen, I've, I've been wanting to see them for 20 years. They haven't toured. They never come to the US. So it was a really good show to see. And since then... They went through more member changes. The singer and the guitarist stayed the same until recently the singer quit and it was just Andy Gill and new singers. And unfortunately I didn't want to go see him last year. They played in the next town over from me mm. and I was like, no, I'm good. 
And now I wish I did because like now I'll never see them again. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird though. I mean, it is. They are a band that was like sort of felt like they were led by someone other than the singer, like Andy Gill, the guitar player. It was clear now that yeah, <laughs> once the singer. I mean, he quit. was predominantly the songwriter and stuff, right? So yeah, Jimmy, do you have any exposure to Gang of Four? Literally zero, actually. Um, you guys sent me the playlist a little early, so I started playing him and. Um, I could definitely see, I mean, we'll get into it more, uh, for our second half because I barely started it, but I could definitely see the influences, um, of the music that we have today, Red Hot Chili Peppers, obviously, but they did seem like very clashy to me and, um, maybe even a little bit of the Ramones, especially the earlier stuff that you probably started with. Cause yeah, cause Jeff did build a playlist that's chronological for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what the music was. I didn't know. I didn't know they were from the seventies. I thought they were a newer band. You've actually never heard music before. No, no, never. (laughs) Not even once, but no, I'm, I'm excited to get to this. Cause like they inspired other bands. They inspired me. I I was in a couple bands where the bass player, Dave inspired my type of bass playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not as good, but no, like, you're not. No, like I was in a band. We covered Damaged Goods. It's such a fun song to play live. So it's just uh, it's a band close to my heart. Yeah, I think Jimmy has a good chance of liking it because um, it's groovy and like hooky. Like there's parts that are going to be like super catchy. To a you lot and of super repetitive memorable. bass and drums. Yeah. yeah, but there's also some really interesting things like like Jeff and I opened this episode talking in unison, which we did just for fun. But it's also kind of interesting because because um, like, we diverge because he I say this week and Dan says this episode and uh, there's a song that you know Gang of Four wrote and and are pretty well known for called Anthrax that um, I don't know of anyone else who did it before them where they have completely two complete sets of lyrics and vocals running at the same time mm. so you can choose which you listen to. It's like uh, being at a party and listening to two conversations, yeah. and every now and then their words cross. They converge. Oh, that's cool. It's fun. Uh, and they do some creative things with guitar feedback and just like like super repetitive rhythmic stuff. And the and, singer plays a melodica, Yeah, which oh, yeah. is not a common instrument in yeah. rock and roll. That's cool. Yeah. And when we saw them live, he also had a baseball bat that he hit a microwave with. <laughs> and cool. a fun fact, it's not on the playlist, but for some reason... Somebody put up a bootleg copy of the show we saw in Boston. Oh, really? It's just super convenient that it's up there. And it sounds like garbage, so I didn't put any of it on this playlist. Mm. But it's just just weird. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, so Jim, check out the playlist. Listen with an open mind. I mean, one thing we'll probably talk about more in the second half, but a lot of their biggest songs are from, like, one album. Really? So the playlist actually consists entirely of entertainment. Yeah. Um, And then... Well... entertainment is entirely on the playlist plus there's additional yeah, songs i don't know words um and then there's Same. a good portion of their next couple albums and then there's like a sprinkling we i skipped over entire albums and eras we'll yeah. get to that more though we're gonna okay. we're gonna dive deep into this because i got a lot of things i want to say about every single song nice okay i like it you don't know if you like it yet i hope i'm excited so for it. from this gang of three we'll see you in a couple seconds Gang of Four is a group of four people and also a band. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we discussed that, Jim. Yeah, we did. They know. So it is a band that Dan and Jeff seem to be a really, really, really big fan of. And they were like, hey, huge, Jimmy. Huge fans. You should, uh, you should give this a try. So I did. I listened to the playlist that uh, you guys curated for me. And did we talk you into them? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, so, um, 
I kind of want to do things a little bit differently. Oh, oh boy. I don't um, like this, Dan. No, no, no. Whenever we do things differently, something bad is happening <laughs> for the person whose topic it is. I think that you guys would probably agree that a lot of the songs do kind of blur together. Musically? Musically. I could I could agree with that, as a, that happens with a lot of bands. Yeah. So it's just going to be kind of hard for me to go track by track because, like, yeah, there are some standout tracks, but, like, not, like, uh, I don't know. I probably couldn't be able to tell you the difference between At Home, He's a Tourist, and Cheeseburger. Like, I don't know. Uh, just <laughs> Well, one's about a cheeseburger. Yeah. It's interesting that you chose those two because um, At Home, He's a Tourist is first off the first album, which I'll agree with you. A lot of that can kind of blur together. I'm not yeah. great with the names on those songs. Yeah. Um, but Cheeseburger is much later in their career, and stylistically, it's a pretty big departure from the first album. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the first album that we have the entirety of an entertainment uh, on this playlist. Well, Jimmy, you take the lead, sure. And if Dan and I want to hit something, you skip over. Okay, we'll just jump in. All right. So, um, so this starts off with uh, Ether. Um, so this was obviously the first song that I've heard by them. At least, so I thought. Um, it oh. turns out that I did hear of a different song. We'll get there when we get there. Um. But um, I was like, "Ooh, this is funky." Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really dig the, the dig the style. Um, sounds a lot to me like um, sort of like the Ramones beat the Clash. Um, probably a little bit more funky than that. Um, yeah, it got some dance grooves. Yeah, for sure. Um, I call this song "Triple It Fest." Triple it fast. Triple. Oh it. yeah. Dun dun dun. Triple <laughs> yeah. it fast. No, it's super good. <laughs> um, immediately, I was like, "Ooh, I could see myself like rocking to this." in the car or something. Um, so I was like, um, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, like I said, as we're going through the album, a lot of these did feel kind of samey. Um, and obviously there's a lot of like political influence in this. Oh as well. yeah. And, um, Oh yeah. That was, I'm not going to say off putting because, um, I was sort of expecting that from like the 1970s era, late seventies sort of like, Post punk. punk, yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of the references I didn't get, I had to look up a few of them. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I did too when I first heard it. I didn't know yeah. a lot of this stuff. Sometimes, so, even now, when I was listening to this and taking notes, I was like, "Oh wait, this is different than I thought it was." Yeah, about because like I found this great link, and I guess we'll put it in the show notes mm -hmm. where it, it talks to. I believe it was Andy Gill. They he went song by song in the creation of the album. So some of them aren't about song meanings, but just like little stories about writing the song or recording it mm -hmm. and this song he was just like it's about um playing loud heavy metal music to people as a form of torture yeah which they did which like, song ether oh okay oh that, cool. that's where they got the idea from just playing this like loud crazy music that people weren't used to yeah as a form of just melting their brains before they interrogate which is a thing oh. that i knew happened yeah i honestly don't delve a lot into the lyrics of this band which is probably not what they want they probably want you to delve deeply some of the songs are kind of thin but some of them are very on the nose about yeah, yeah. what they're talking about yeah it's so dancey though that it's just like that's why it's great the juxtaposition of like these really and yeah. we'll get to like the there's songs that are about literally nuclear bombs dropping and yeah it's like surf rock yeah that's funny <laughs> All right, Jim, what do you want to hit on next? So basically, uh, I'm running through this album and like a lot of these songs are just like, dang, that chorus is funky. Like, I don't really have a whole lot of like, right. um, like nuance 
like way of talking about it other than like yeah it sounds good <laughs> um damaged goods i thought was very good that's wow, literally... skipping a lot well yeah <laughs> well okay if no no no, no. Go, go your through. own pace go your own pace okay um this is your episode yeah so i'm just <laughs> going through the album i thought it was very funky very good and um uh, i'm sort of like looking up some of the lyrics and stuff and um, I'm reading them as I'm going through, and I was like, there's a lot of stuff here that they're talking about that I don't know anything about, And um, but I was like, I still appreciate this musically a lot. So other than the music just being funky, yeah, like you're a music guy, Dan's yeah. a music guy, you guys know music words better than I do. Music yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the the breakdown of the individual instruments? them as a band like there's mm. a there's a melodica that's featured heavily throughout different songs which the yeah. lead singer plays what do you think of the instrumentation and how it's presented how it's played how the songs are structured i actually do want to talk about um uh what's the song uh sorry natural is not in it uh because okay. we we do have two versions of that song one of them that was recorded in 2020 presumably yeah yeah we'll get to that towards the end i kind of threw it on at the end yeah sure and um and that just but the juxtaposition between those two i thought was actually really cool because we have one of them that was recorded in 1979 and another one that was recorded 1919 2019 or 2020 2019 yeah um so uh it, it definitely sounded completely the instrumentations, how they played it, how they performed it was almost exactly the same. But like the presentation, I thought was completely different um, because uh, everything that was recorded in uh, 79 feels completely dead to me, which I thought was mm. very interesting. Sonically dead or Sonically emotionally dead? dead? <laughs> Sonically dead. Okay. It, it, it felt very much like a dead room, whereas like, I, I don't think it's dead. It's definitely a little more flat. Yeah. Than songs recorded now. Mm -hmm. But especially for 1979 or 78 when they recorded it, mm -hmm. I think it sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, think, I, like, I like especially it a lot. like the, the tone of the guitar. I think what the... Jimmy's referring to is there's not a lot of natural reverb. Yes, exactly. Um, Especially in the guitar, which I think if you want to talk about this band musically, you really need to start with the guitar because yeah. it's yes. so different than everything of the time period. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's not a lot of natural reverb. There's not a lot of effects at all. There's not a lot of natural distortion, gain, anything. Which is kind of what I like. It's crisp. It's just a choppy guitar, slightly overdriven. Yes. But the way he's utilizing it, too, is so in your face. Um, I think that adds to the feeling that Jimmy's calling like a dead a dead sound. Is like the guitar is really mm -hmm. up front, really abrasive. There's nothing smooth about it. It's just like... um. It's like a razor's edge. It's just like eh, 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 exactly, eh. and vocals too. Vocals, there's like no reverb either. Yeah, but that's juxtaposed by like a pretty traditional like bass and drum. Yeah, like bass rhythm and drums. Yeah, that's true. Usually throughout the songs, pretty steady and yeah. syncopated. That's why they have that dancey backbone for sure. Um, but no, I, I actually really like that. Um, it's like a funk band with a weird drunk guitarist who just strums chords at random times. <laughs> Yeah, especially as there's some songs towards the end of this album where I'm just kind of like, I'm not sure if I enjoy this or not, <laughs> um, because there's a lot of stuff that's just sort of like all over the place. And like, it obviously, it's intentional, it seems. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm just like, I'm not sure why they're doing this. Uh, I'm assuming to juxtapose with the lyrics or something. But uh, I don't know. It's weird. 
Um, right, so you mentioned damaged goods. Let's let's go to that. Yeah, sure. So damaged goods, I thought was um, pretty good. Um, I thought that seemed sort of to me like um, uh, probably one of their more catchy stuff. It definitely is. Yeah, it's one I think of the, you guys were singing like it at the, the end of the first song that I heard from them. Yeah, maybe. And I, I've played this song in a band before. It's really really fun to play. Yeah, and it's super catchy. Catchy background vocals at for the sure. End. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I that that's the one that I was saying that the chorus was really funky. Oh, yeah, that was super good. rock and roll. Yeah, um, super fun song. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, the song after that is "Return the Funk," which Return I am the a gift. gift. What? Jimmy's just he's all funk. Oh, out. I wrote down "Return the Funk, baby." <laughs> Return the gift. My <laughs> bad. I wrote down "funk" because I was in a funky mood. Um, "Return the gift." I've definitely heard before. Uh, that was a song hmm. that I was like, oh, I know this song. I don't know if it was in pop culture or something, but it's like this is a good song. I could definitely see this being like a big hit. Um, it's a it's a great hit about the plight of the working man. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just pretty much going through this album. Um, do do do. I thought Guns Before Butter. I feel like I'm not getting a lot of the political stuff, but it's still a fun. That's listen. a straight up quote from not like a Nazi leader. I forgot uh, which one. I didn't write really? it down. Yeah, but it's straight up just about how nazis are huge pieces of shit and like well, yeah. the line the fatherland's no place to die for because like even though there were you like you think of nazis and you're like these guys are enemies but they also like there were people that were just part of this government and mm-hmm. then they're going to war to fight for this and like maybe not every soldier agreed with it like there's some soldiers that went to iraq that were like this is horseshit yeah you know it's it's kind of like that so like this song is interesting super <clears throat> super deep to me but it's it, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff I could definitely see, like, becoming more important to me if I were to be talked into it and, uh, like, doing a little bit more research and, and like, finding when out. When you were talking about the guitar, like, at the end of this, or maybe the songs in general, just kind of, like, all over the place, mm-hmm. I think this is the first song on the album where you really get that because the guitar, it's it's crazy and it's, like, it's falling apart and it's almost mechanical sounding. And it well, really, it kind of relates to the lyrics of the song of everything falling apart around like these mm-hmm. soldiers or just this mass death happening and even to me the guitar was hits me almost as emotionally or more than the lyrics mm. it really hits you hard it's also like the juxtaposition is even greater in guns before butter because the drums and bass and vocals are all syncopated together yes, and the guitar are. is just doing its own thing so it's like oh this talk of blood. yeah so those are all yeah. like dun 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 and the guitar is like eh, eh. it's just like playing whatever he wants it's right it is like sort of um almost he utilizes the guitar almost as like a second vocalist he's just like coming in and out and it's like a its own melodic line mm, yeah that's true that's very true um i want to jump in on the next one sure cuz i think Gang of Four has a few songs, especially on this playlist, that stand out from the pack. And we talked about Damaged Goods as being catchy, more of a like a pop sensibility. Yeah. And I think I found that Essence Rare is another one of those. It is, yeah. Super catchy chorus. Yeah. A um, little more upbeat than some of the other songs on this album, tonally. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just way more singable 
and the way the guitar joins in is a little less mm. abrasive than some of the other tracks. I definitely found a lot of the songs that did seem like, like you said, a little bit more singable, more enjoyable, mm-hmm. because I like to sing along to music in the car. Yeah, and this is the song, like, it's like a surf rock song, you sing I along to it, that but it's about, like, you know, yeah. um, bombs. <laughs> I pretty much uh, just gave it a thumbs up, so that's that was my note for that. And that song. works on multiple levels because I thought that was just a love song. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I like never the, really focused on the lyrics. I just that's found why, it super catchy. That's why it's funny. Um, it's, it's a bop, baby. Yeah, yeah. bop till you drop, Bojo. And uh, Glass, I thought was also a bop. Um, I thought it was very good, and I say I would be bopping for this for sure if I was in 1979. Huh. Um, I always, uh, oh, I was just quoting a lyric that was always thought life could be so easy. It seems I have misunderstood. I was like, <laughs> damn, I feel that. Yeah. A lot. Some of these songs, like there's songs about, uh, Nazi Germany. There's songs about atomic war. There's songs mm-hmm. about like workers rights. This is a personal song. It, it sinks down Yeah, and they have these broad ideas, but then they also have these really, really singular ideas about like wasting your life away and watching it go by but like with this funky music like this song we just mentioned a lot of the bass usually stays tight with the drums there's not Mm. too much diversion of or exploration of the bass but in this song there's a lot of noodling which isn't really common throughout the rest of their discography which i thought was really good and the guitar is just doing its normal weird shit Mm. yep yeah um contract i thought was also a pretty good standout song on this album um Pretty much, it it seems like the story is that it's two people that are, seems like they're staying together just for their own mutual interests. Yeah, it's about that, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It either seems... either it's a couple, or it's just two people yeah. who have a sexual relationship that isn't really working out. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool that it seemed like an anti-love song. It's like, I've never really heard something like that. It's kind of interesting. It's punk rock, baby. Yeah. Um, at home, he's a Taurus. This is the first song where I definitely felt that, that the guitar was grating, especially towards the end of the song. Oh, this is such a good one. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I wrote about it. Well, I mean, lyrically, I think like this came out in 1979, but a lot of these songs were written maybe like 77, 78. There's mm-hmm. plenty of alternate recordings. So if we do talk you into this. I got a lot of LPs with different versions. Really? On her. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. But I think that it's great that there's a lot of progressive lyrics about sex and sexuality and the mm. weaponizing of sex and sexuality by other people, by corporations, by government. And that's what this song is. Like uh, down on the disco floor, they make their profits from the things they sell to help you come to the rubbers you hide in your top left pocket. It's totally about making money off of. Mm-hmm. using yeah. people's sexuality yeah against them really yeah i like that a lot uh 545 i thought was also it that was definitely more straightforward politically um yeah uh just it, it was even like a harsh look at today's modern day media but this when this came out this is kind of towards like the it's after vietnam vietnam yeah but that's when they started showing like war on television yeah that's th- the first thought that came to mind was vietnam uh while this song was playing and uh, I was like, it's it's pretty accurate today now too, and, and uh, thought and it was really good. This is another song that features the melodica, which I'm a huge fan of in this band. Yeah. And just to go back to that article I mentioned, they were talking about they use the melodica because it's used heavily in dub, which they're all fans of, mm. and dub influenced this band a lot. So when you hear a lot of that funky stuff, that's coming from a time in England when there were a lot of immigrants from the islands to England. This is where 
reggae comes over dub comes over yeah and it they integrate ska into it and they make it their own it's kind of like the british are great at taking other people's shit like they're <laughs> like we own india now we're making chicken tikka masala and yeah. now everybody's like yeah chicken tikka masala we love that it's like that yeah. and they incorporate <laughs> this musical influence into theirs. And I thought that was pretty interesting the way that he talked about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds really good. Um, I want chicken tea and masala. <laughs> um, love luck anthrax. I bet is, you love this one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, this was really cool. Uh, the two verses that are running concurrently. I thought the buildup was really cool too, uh, before everything was happening. Obviously I knew this was coming because you guys were talking about it in the first half. So I was like anticipating it. And I was also looking at the lyrics too. And this is, um, this is sort of a standout track for, for them. Like yeah, when I think about yeah. Gang of Four, I think about this song. It's one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. And I was being sarcastic because based on what you've said so far, I thought you were going to hate this song. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, The it's a four minute song. The first two minutes is just like feedback. Yeah. And oh, then it just eh, does weird fine. stuff that like but the isn't traditional. Is almost more tolerable than choppy guitar strums because it doesn't take over that sick rhythm. Do, 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 doom, doom, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's true. It's real groovy, and the feedback is just sort of going over that, like ethereally. Yeah, ag- agreed. So, Jim, uh, how deeply did you d- delve? Did you read both sets of lyrics? I tried to. Yeah, I was. Um, obviously, the the main singer came out more like clearly. So, like, I was reading the other one uh, as I was listening to it. Yeah. most of the time. Um, but yeah, the points where like they met up together, I thought was really cool. And uh, I love it when like slam poets do that kind of stuff too. And it so was there, really dope. I would encourage anyone who is considering listening to Gang of Four to check out this song and to read both sets of lyrics because it's sort of ironic that the main lyric is pretty close to like a traditional like broken hearted song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the secondary lyric is literally a discussion about why they don't do typical love songs and why they think that bands shouldn't really do typical love songs. Yeah. It's pretty cool to have that like criticism while it's happening. Yeah. And, yeah. And live, there were different things said. Really? Um, yeah. So it was never the same. Yeah. He just talked pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what happens in this t- in this too. But uh, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll talk about entertainment just as a, as a general entity. I thought it was really cool. This was, was this the first album or no? This is their first full length. Yeah. For, first full length. Um, I thought it was really cool because... Um, I don't know. It just seemed like very standout. A lot of songs on there were just like <coughs> legit bops. Uh, I thought it was a, a different like style of music I haven't really heard before. Um, it was definitely very different and very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. Other Overall, I really liked entertainment. Great. It's a pretty so, solid first full length album when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Their next full length was called Solid Gold, and it came out in 1981. Yeah. Um, and I didn't put full albums on here, just entertainment. But before that, they came out with an EP that was just yellow. And I don't know if it's officially called the Yellow EP, but that's what it became known as. Yeah. And that came out in 1980. And three of these four songs were recorded for Yellow and then re-recorded for Solid Gold. Mm. So the first three songs were actually on Solid Gold, but I just threw them on uh, this part of the playlist for people who just wanted a little bit of history. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so for these four songs, definitely felt different to me stylistically than the first album. Um, <coughs> all of them, I wasn't like super feeling. Um, this one, uh, Outside the Trains Don't Run on Time, 
pretty much just wrote down wasn't really feeling this song wow this is one of one of my top songs from really jeff loves the yellow ep i do love it but lyrically i love it because this is straight up just about mussolini and fascism Mm. and people who support that because i mean he's bad and everything but he did get the trains to run on time exactly and it's so disgusting how that's so relatable to our modern american presidency yeah well he speaks his mind he's bad and everything but the economy was doing well yeah well i mean yeah i mean that's but like it's people finding excuses to support terrible terrible politicians that oppress them and that with it's such a fun dancey song we've talked about the juxtaposition of the lyrics and the music and this is like one of the the best examples yeah. in their library of songs like that yeah um just given the uh all of these songs definitely seemed like i don't understand like what they're talking about <laughs> because like i only listened to this a few times because right. we only had a, uh, a time a, we had a time crunch basically i mean it's her factory he literally just says like women's suffrage like yeah <laughs> you know much. what that's about yeah yeah um i thought that song was pretty good um he'd send in an army i i liked how the the tempo was like minimalistic with this it was literally just like a drum beat yeah it kind of sounds like somebody hitting a microwave with a baseball bat oh, oh is wait. that what it is yeah when oh, we saw them cool. live, they wheeled out a microwave on like a computer chair and he just hit it with a baseball bat for like the three music. minutes straight. That's actually really cool. Yeah. That uh, that actually makes me like the song a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, um, the patriarchy, sergeant. <laughs> um, yeah, th- I thought that song was pretty good. Um, it's your factory. Like you said, that one's pretty straightforward. More melodica. Got to bring it up. because yeah, I love it. The melodica was pretty good. Um, Side note for Armalite Rifle. Yeah. Yes. Jeff. This is a different version than I'm used to. This is the only version I was ever recorded, I believe. I don't know what version I've heard, but even there's slight lyrical differences. I was singing along with it. I disapprove of it. The version I'm used to is I disapprove of it, so does Dave. And on this yeah. one, it's I disapprove of it, so does Jim. Oh, you're right, because I thought it was so does Dave, too. Yeah. And then diff- I was like, oh, maybe it's the Mandela The version effect. that I used to listen to with you, like I probably burned you a CD like 20 yeah, years ago yeah. or whatever was, was something different i don't i don't i think it was from their like self-titled ep before entertainment because armalite rifle is like one of their first songs but i have the yellow ep like i have the the record and it's the version that we're used to i'm gonna have to check it out because I, I thought i forgot the name yeah no i'm i was singing along in my car I'm like i disapprove of it so does dave it might be because like i told jim like i have several records that they recorded of different versions like they recorded yeah. they pretty much recorded entertainment in the peel studios or peel sessions whatever that is yep um and there's like slightly different versions and like damaged goods they released on uh a smaller label and it was like the tempo was totally different i have that seven inch and there was a story in that article about how the one of the reasons why they re-recorded it was because they didn't have the rights before so they re-recorded it and put it on this album it was something weird but there's so many different versions of songs and towards the end that's why i put naturals not in it that's why i put remixes because they do we'll we'll get there well that's why it's like sort of if you're talked into this band jim it's Mm -hmm. really fun as a record collector because there's oh they're like a punk band but with like dance ethos yeah so like dance bands do like 12 inch remixes yeah and alternate yeah. versions yeah, and stuff like that there's true. like i've been with jeff at like record conventions and stuff and you'll just find a random gang of four thing that you never even knew existed i have like <laughs> 15 gang of four records and they only have like six albums <laughs> yeah that's it's funny. great yeah that's really good actually <laughs> um yeah i thought armalite rifle was pretty good i also had the same problem too i was reading lyrics and the lyrics weren't matching up with what i was hearing but 
It's like, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I wonder obviously. if they just gave a different version of Spotify. Maybe. Could um, be. <laughs> um, I thought the song was pretty good. Obviously, pretty straightforward politically. Do you know, like, the story behind that? Not really, no. It's pretty topical. It was about this new, like, submachine gun <laughs> that was, like, very cheaply made, easily accessible, and, like, small. So, like, he's talking about you could hide it in a baby carriage. Like, people were, like... You could get access to a machine gun that you could literally like hide in your jacket, which is a like a oh, very boy. scary prospect. Three yeah. D printed baby, oh, let's go! Boy. Yikes! Um, paralyzed. Um, yeah, now we're into solid gold. Or their okay. next full length album. Yeah. So this song um, definitely seemed pretty weird because there's not really any singing, just sort of yeah. talking over music. There's and, a lot uh, of that coming up. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was kind of weird, but I I still kind of dug it. Thought it was cool um the next two uh what we all want and why theory yeah wow what we all want is one of my favorites really yes queen oh man yes i only listened to it once tell us maybe why you twice. love it jeff yeah let me know it's just Talk just musically it. like lyrically it's kind of personal because it's like maybe not necessarily to me but i guess we've all experienced like is what you're doing with your life making you happy? Are there changes you can make yeah. to make yourself happier? Like, there's not many lyrics in this, and it's pretty straightforward. But just musically, it's it's so fun. It's like a total bop, and the guitar rips, and it's just good. Yeah. It's just a good song. I'll have to give it another listen. Maybe I'll appreciate it more in the re-listen. Yeah. Why uh... theory has melodica, Jim? Melodica. <laughs> Cheeseburger, I thought, was the most enjoyable off the selection. Um... That's because you're American. Yeah. Um, it's American as heck. <laughs> I pretty much just wrote down, I'm just looking for something to vibe to, fellas. Hmm. Um, I thought it was really good. Pretty funky. If you're looking for something to vibe to, you must be pretty excited about the next two tracks. <laughs> I love A Man in Uniform. Yeah. yeah, this is the only one that I picked off of their album, Songs of the Free, which is kind of mm -hmm. like crappy of me, but I was trying to keep it tight. There are better, there are good songs on an album. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I put this song and the dub version yeah to show you that they did do even as far Remixes. back as 1982 yeah they were in like the dancing and they're yeah for sure know, they're a punkish band but the whole concept of the album or the whole concept of the song i thought was pretty funny um the fact that they're pretty pretty much satirizing uh the british army the people that were joining the british army because they thought they're like yeah we're not going to go to war so uh yeah. they're trying to get girls and stuff and thought that was funny thought it was pretty cool it's also super catchy and i love yeah. the dub <laughs> remix like they they would just like embrace that they're like we're just gonna cut out like the verses and stuff yeah and just make it a just groove the with the catchy chorus yeah. no that was super good and it was super funky and i really <laughs> dug it it's the first time like all these songs that we've enjoyed you could picture like sort of artsy fartsy punk rockers dancing to them Mm -hmm. But this dub remix was the first time I was like, oh, you could picture like normies at a dance club, like dancing to this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that's like a real crossover song. I don't know if it actually charted or did well, but you could be at a nightclub in like the late 80s in England and that would come on. And I don't think people would be like, what's this? I think they would just continue to dance. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, to help with poverty. Um, oh boy. Poverty. Poverty. Um, Can't wait to hear you shit all over this one. I just thought it seemed kind of samey uh, oh, to me. Man, this is like my top three favorite Gang of Four songs. Yeah. And I think it's crazy that it was never on an album. It was on like a three or four song EP mm. that they put out in uh, 1982. And I originally heard this uh, fast forward to 2005 or six when they 
I mentioned earlier in the episode that the original four got back together and re-recorded a bunch of songs. Yeah. This was, I believe it was the album opener on Return the Gift. And that's the version I originally heard. Mm-hmm. So then when I started collecting the albums, I was like, where is this song? And then I found this EP and I was like, oh, this was just on like a 12 inch EP that they put oh. out. But I don't know, dude, I love it. There's like the guitars just screaming mm-hmm. all over the place. There's a steady bass and drums and like the vocals get fun and weird. Like, yeah, I didn't think it's it so sounded good. Bad. I didn't think it sounded bad. I just thought <clears throat> I literally wrote down. I, is it fair to say that all their songs kind of sound the same? It sounded comparatively. I, I mean, I guess that's fair in that bands like if you like a band, you like it for a reason. Yeah. But what Gil, the guitarist and the rest of the band does, and we haven't really talked about this much, is they subvert the listeners expectations yeah. of where, especially with timing, like you're mm. but even these songs I know I'm about to jump in and sing. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're like there's like six of these and not four like yeah. they just they play with music and it's that's fun. true i i've i definitely and, noticed that it's spe- like uh with uh <coughs> uh what song was it uh bu- 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 we're going back it's okay uh, going it's okay, back Jim. i love like anthrax i like when they start singing or whatever you think they're gonna yeah. come in on the beat but they don't they come in like two beats after and that's kind of a musical theory thing i don't know what it's called i'm not gonna pretend to know yeah but like especially dubstep right people like waiting for the bass to drop is kind yeah. of like a meme but that's a real thing because you yeah. want closure to what you, you do, just yeah. heard and you want it to repeat it's called resolution resolution baby yeah see the three of us we all have part of brains <laughs> And when we're together, we're almost a whole brain. Almost. But we're like, almost this, there. this song is is great. It's like, that's, I don't know. I just love it. I yeah. love this song. It's one of my faves. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So after this song, I'm skipping like two decades on this playlist. Really? Um, there were about two albums in the late 80s, one in the early 90s with like the lead singer and guitar player are the same, but they went through some changes and it's super 80s. It's like mm. Karate Kid soundtrack, kind of like cheese. And, it's like I didn't like Bruce Springsteen's 80s stuff. Yeah, like there's there's some stuff you might like if we're if you're talked into. Yeah, go back and listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the albums are called Hard and Mall, and I just didn't put any on here because I'm trying to talk you into them. I'm not <laughs> trying to show you everything. Yeah, no, I done. know what you mean. So then we skip to 2008, which is another oh, Paralyzed. It's the yep. Tortoise remix. It's a remix. We've, I talked about why I put remixes on here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the I like the remix. I thought that was pretty good, pretty good, pretty funky. It's super electronic and dub, which yeah. is why. Yeah, I, I like I f with it hard. Yeah, I like electronic music. I can listen to it. Like <coughs> I like Daft Punk and stuff, and uh, I like listening to that kind of stuff. Uh, she said, "Yeah, I didn't write down anything." Yeah, about it. I put two songs from Content, which is from 2011, and this is their first full length since the early 90s. Yeah, um, with a different bass player and drummer. There's a few good songs in there. It's not super great, mm-hmm. but I think I the like next it. track is good. Yeah, that's definitely a highlight of their later career. Yeah, it felt better to me than the last song, but I still wasn't like super feeling it. And well, I think Jeff and I may have a little bit of an emotional attachment to this song, You'll Never Pay for the Farm, because this is the first single that they released from this album. Yeah, it so was. So it was like, yo, they're back with the singer and guitar player. And, and that's it's exciting. so topical, too. It's like so 2007, 2008 post bubble pop. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it just hits you hard. And like, we weren't alive when those other songs came out. Out. we that's didn't true. know the emotions that's true or what was going on but when this came out we were like yo this is a band that we love and they're like touching on things that are affecting our lives personally yeah and it's pretty good musically it's pretty in line with what we like about the and band we could go see them in a sweaty club in boston <laughs> yeah that's exciting and dance with old people yeah 
And then uh, Natural's Not It, we get the, the re-recording yeah, of that. Yeah, this is the last one. So before that, they did come out with two more albums after that that mm-hmm. I didn't put anything on. Different what, singer, not as good. Yeah, the, the next yeah. album, I don't know if he started singing it or not, but half the songs have guest vocalists. Mm. And it's like, there's a couple good songs. There's some remixes they did of one of the songs. And then the last one that came out last year is a new singer too, and I did not like anything no. on there which which is a shame because the last time they toured they played in the town next to me and i was like yeah no and then he yeah. died uh and yeah, passed so this last song like jimmy mentioned um natural's not in it it's from an ep called this heaven gives me migraine mm. uh from this year it actually came out when i was making the playlist and what had happened was they recorded uh the the current band recorded a few songs re-recorded just to have the current lineup and some of them were like newer songs so i don't know why they put it on there and Mm. the ep is capped off by quotes from uh andy gill and supposedly from what i read in an article his wife said that even on his deathbed he was giving notes onto this recording so this is kind of just like it's real. it's bittersweet because it's a song it's an old it's a 40 year old song and it's the last thing that was released by yeah yeah gang of four yeah, no, I thought the the re-recording was very good. Um, I might even be inclined to listen to that version comparably to the uh, entertainment version. Strong Just, disagree from me. Yeah, I don't. Really? I still am not digging the singer. He's not mm. bad. My, that's not even my just, issue with it. There's something about the rhythm section, the drums and bass, that is less groovy. Like mm. it's a similar tempo, but like to quote our friend Jimmy, who recorded a lot of our bands. They're not like in the pocket. I don't know how to describe it unless you're a musician. It's a feel thing. I know thing. exactly what you mean. Like a lot of the 70s dance, disco, funk, those types of genres, the rhythm section had a way of playing like, sure, they're on beat and they're on tempo, but they're like barely on beat. Mm. There's like a pull to it into the next measure. It's a feel thing. And this doesn't have that. This feels like very like they're playing to a metronome. Mm, interesting. It just... It's too, it doesn't have a natural, like, it doesn't make you want to bob your head. Well, mm-hmm. if if you read, uh, I, I printed out this huge quote from the article that we skipped over, but a way that they recorded was that, like, they would just kind of go for it and take multiple takes, and some takes were different than others. Yeah. Um, And then they just settled on one. So, like, even, like, the recorded version, he doesn't know which one made it to the album because he plays it different every time. Um, But he, that goes with all the instruments, too. Like, there's still kind of this, like, improvisational feel to it while also being super tight did we touch in the first half did we talk about uh the correlation between gang of four and red hot chili peppers we've mentioned it briefly yeah yeah. so just to go a little bit more in depth because it might shed some light on like what jeff's talking about the improvisational nature of the band they were like a huge influence on early Red Hot Chili Peppers, especially like Flea. Everyone knows the bass player, but their original guitarist, Halel Slovak, they were huge into um, Gang of Four to the point that Andy Gill actually produced their first two albums. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So when you start to think about that and how Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, I don't know if you know anything about how they write and, and record and stuff, but it's very much in this vein. Yeah. They literally just get in a room and jam. Like they'll have like a couple different grooves and start to connect them and stuff like that. And that's how they record too is pretty much live. Interesting. 
Yeah. Right. All right, Jim, any final thoughts before we ask you the question? Uh, I don't think there's anything that I can say comparatively to what I've been talking about. Um, other than the fact that entertainment I thought was very good. Uh, some weird stuff on there, but I thought it was pretty good. All right, Jim. Yeah. Did Dan and I talk you into Gang of Four? Yes. Oh, yeah. man. I was worried this whole time. Really? I was scared. I didn't know where it was going to go. Like, I was oh. getting yes vibes, but I was also getting a lot of pushback. Oh, no. It was really good. Uh, oh, honestly, yeah. if there's there's something I can jam to, I'm I'm all for it, man. Yeah, because even though, like, I do, I love um, the messages in their songs yeah. and the lyrics, and that's a huge part of this band for me. Mm-hmm. But if you don't care about that kind of stuff, it's still fun to put on in the background it is, and jam yeah. to. Clean your house to it. Drive yeah. to work to it. It's good driving music. It's great driving music. I definitely want to pick up entertainment on LP. Um, That's one of those albums where pretty much every song on it is good. Yeah. You may have ones that you like more than others, but you don't feel like, oh, I have to skip this every and time. And if you don't yeah. like the sound of entertainment, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Return the Gift isn't on Spotify anymore, but their re-recordings from the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. they're great. It's, yeah. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. The audio quality is better, but I don't know if it has the same heart. There's something and, raw about entertainment that. Yeah, yeah. But and also on Return the Gift, there's other bands or producers doing a bunch of remixes. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. There's some stuff that the bass player from No <coughs> Doubt did mm. like remixes of that are pretty cool that nice. like have like heavy electronica and dubstep. Yeah, because No Doubt, like I'm not too into them, but they did do some weird stuff for a, a mainstream band. Like they mm. did a lot of dub mm-hmm. and reggae stuff. Nice. I mean, yeah, I uh, I wouldn't say that I didn't like the sound of entertainment. I thought it was cool for what it was. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys talked me into it. Um, obviously, a lot of the stuff outside of entertainment, I'm like sort of eh on, but I could definitely see me. That stuff is like, still pick and choose. Yeah, That's kind of how I did the uh, the album too. You could definitely play like some of their weirder eighty stuff, and like it's not bad. Yeah, or some of their newer albums, like um content isn't a good album to listen to yeah i don't i don't hate it but it's not my favorite yeah um what happens next like there's some interesting stuff in there it's a band that i feel like where i can literally put the artist on shuffle and like just have like a party like i I would be fine with like them yeah yeah you can do that or if you just hit like the popular songs on spotify they're gonna play like all the ones that you know already yeah um yeah so uh next week dan and i are teaming up against you again oh again yes oh we are talking you into one of our favorite comedians slash entertainers yeah song and dance man say that no way andy kaufman oh i know of him yeah he's that crazy boy he is a silly boy uh, from what i've heard what is your exposure to him? Um, I don't really have a super lot of exposure. Um, I know he's done some weird stuff. I think he was like on SNL at one yep, point, yep. and um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So Dan and I put together a YouTube playlist of just some stuff that some TV appearances that he's done over the years. Uh, he's he's passed. He's been gone for about forty years. Or yeah. has he? Ooh. What? It's going to get really weird next episode. Okay. So we're going to have some fun with that. Um, Yeah. So in the meantime, you can find us on TalkMeInto.com. You can find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto on Facebook. If you're a boomer, uh, not much (laughs) going on there. We have a YouTube channel. You can find us Patreon.com slash TalkMeInto. There's a bunch of audio, video stuff up there. 
Uh, it's really fun stuff. And, and you could email us at if you feel so inclined. Talk me into oh. at gmail.com. Jimmy, where can people find you online? They can find me at son of a fitch, S O N N E V A F I T C H on Twitter and Whoa, Instagram. That was vile. Yeah, that, that was, was gross. really gross. That was. Uh, I like. I don't gross. like mouth sounds on podcasts. <laughs> Not because they bother me, but just because like, why are you doing that? I'm and then sorry. you were just like, yeah. burp. Ugh. That seeped out of me. Dan, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. Jeff. You can find me on Instagram at large hard on collider or on Twitter at J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff with five F's the number 27. Thank you for listening to talk me into what will we talk you into next? Thank you very much. I have to piss one second. I need to get my fun facts. Whoa, uh, uh, uh. I love how you took yes. Gang of Four from me. Do like it. It's your thing now. Do it. I don't care. I don't care, Dan. You start. You want to do it together? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say your fun facts at the same time. No. <laughs> you could do your fun fact first. All right. Ready? One, two, three. My name is Jeff, and Dan and I both bite in... Oh, f- <laughs> how did you mess that one up? <laughs> I spelled it wrong. I spelled the words wrong. All right. Hold on. <clears throat> I did it, you good. Jimmy, bring us into this part. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> this is the one we show, and then we got, we do the bangs. That's how it should have started it off. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, Mike, stop. I need to get a tune up before I start riding. Ready? Yeah. Ready, ready, teddy, two. Rock and roll. Booby, booby, boobs, boobies, tits, butts. Boobies, boobies, boobs, boobies, tits, butts. Is that good enough for the end? <laughs> Are we going to be able to put that in there? Oh, we're super recording. Hold on, hold on. Did you forget something? I No, while you were talking, I was thinking of a random fact, and now it's gone before I could type it. Well, we got a lot to record before we get there, so yeah, but try to think it'll it. never come back. Well... It is gone. It is gone. Raphael. I can get it back. I can get it back. I have no, I have nothing. It's gone forever.